podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boys. Come on, boys. We're back in uh hot damn, do we have a fun basketball game to talk about? Luckily, we can just ignore what happened uh last Saturday uh in Fort Worth because there is something far more fun to talk about. Before we get into it, remember we are sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. Not only do they have the best beer in the entire state of Kansas and region, they have a bunch of fun events coming up soon. They have on January 23rd, the No Quit IPA. It's a beer that was brewed for uh, someone who I knew. He was one of my neighbors back in college, Brady Smith. He died of cancer three years ago, and a portion of the proceeds go to a wrestling scholarship in his name. So please, 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 when you are in Manhattan starting on January 23rd, get in there and get the No Quit IPA. They also have a Don't Fear the Dark Festival celebrating dark beers. There will be special dark beers uh, on tap on January 27th, including four very rare uh, beers, a peanut butter marshmallow stout, a raspberry cocoa nib stout, a vanilla cinnamon stout, and one more secret beer. So please keep an eye out on all of those amazing beers at Manhattan Brewing Company. I am going to get some folks up on stage, but first and foremost, I didn't have a, I didn't do a live show. I got home very late, uh, after the game, I, I just want to get my quick thoughts out there, and then we will get you guys up here as well. Uh, first and foremost, I truly believe the Octagon of Doom is back. It was one of the best atmospheres I've experienced in Bramlage Coliseum uh, of all time. It is not just a, uh, oh, this is the best since the Big 12 championship season. No, I, I think last night, truly was one of the best atmospheres Bramlage Coliseum has ever seen. Uh, Absolutely immense win. Amazing moments that will go down in K-State lore, in K-State history. Uh, Jerome Tang, and again, I won't be able to get to everything. I will touch on the game on the Monday episode uh, as well. But uh, the the absolute balls that K-State and Jerome Tang have calling an alley-oop under 30 seconds, down by one in overtime. And Keontae Johnson just puts Jalen Wilson on a poster. And that's not to take away the game that he had. A great game from the young man in Lawrence, Kansas. But K-State was just better. Multiple stops uh, at the end of regulation, at the end of overtime. Just 
all-time type moments that will go down in the history of K-State sports. One of the best court rushes of all time, just an all-time type night. And it's coming on the heels of a disappointing game. But winning that game versus that team not only puts K-State squarely in a position where, hey, if we take care of business versus Texas Tech, we can 100% start talking about what might it take to be a contender to maybe bring another Big 12 championship to Manhattan and we can start talking about seeding, locations for the NCAA tournament. It is all on the table. Tonight, we have next to no structure. I'm going to ask folks, just get your thoughts. Get it all out there. Talk whatever you want about that game. I will get anyone who wants up on stage uh, on uh, that wants to. I'll, I'll go a little late tonight if we need to. Uh, but it was truly one of the best games, taking down number two in uh, America again. K-State has to have uh, – they have to be in the top 10 for most wins over top five teams in top 10 teams in college basketball history. And this was Jerome Tang's second win over a top 10 team in just year number one. I want to go to one of my favorite people in the entire world. He was sitting amongst the big J journos yesterday. That is Jimmy. Jimmy, just talk about it. Uh, again, there is no real question. Just give me your thoughts on last night. Well, the <clears throat> – it was one of those games where um, at times it felt like K-State KU games at old, of old. Um, first half, I, when, when we got that big 14-point lead, um, I was a bit concerned and I was thinking KU's going to go on a run at some point. And, you know, I, I think some of us might remember the 2009 game when uh, Denny Clemente and Jacob Pullen and uh, Frank's second year we got up on KU by 16 and then they cut it to one by halftime. And by the 12 minute mark of the second half, they're up 10 and kind of easily won the game. So I had thoughts of that go through my head. And then, you know, we had a few close games um, that we lost as well down the stretch in the last, Oh, and, and I think one of Jake Pullen's games, maybe not, not the big one, of course, but later in his career. And then maybe a couple of Bruce games that, you know, came down to the wire that we lost. So, the negative, and I'm usually not very negative, but when it comes to playing KU uh, after last year, it's hard not to be negative. But uh, to see just the team come through, make plays down the stretch, uh, Keontae Johnson, Desi Sills just stepping up and, and having his best game as a cat, uh, Marquise Noel making plays when it counted, Ish Masood, um, just a lot of guys stepping up and making plays and uh, – just a fun atmosphere, just seeing the people run on the court and drum tang, start the KSU chant. And just a, uh, and, and some of the, you, you were right, Octagon Doom be, being loud for that consistent for an entire game was, was pretty amazing as well. So just those are some of my initial thoughts as I think back on. I'm glad you mentioned Ish Masood for the second game this season. Him and Cam Carter combining for an absolute massive stop at the end of the game to win one in overtime. So shout out to Ish also being part of it. Let's go next to – let's go to Joel next. Joel, uh, walk me through it. Again, no real question. Get all your emotions and thoughts out on that win over the number two ranked Kansas State. Yeah. Uh, wow. First off, um, wasn't able to go to the game. My girlfriend got to go, so I'm still a little peeved about that. Um, so I watched it at home, you know, had a little 
little Joel night. Kind of thank God she wasn't here because I was standing up and pacing and yelling and clapping. But what can you say about Keontae Johnson? When that guy is on the court, I am stress-free. Like, those overtime in the last minute, I was like, yeah, just get the ball to Keontae. He's a man. He's going to will us to victory. He did. He put us on his shoulders. And you could just tell by his mannerisms, like, that guy doesn't lose. He doesn't lose games. It doesn't matter who it is. But, yeah, it was great. Uh, Sounded awesome on TV. Looked great. All the media was awesome, all the attention. Um, Yeah, Ish was huge again. He's just a superhero off the bench. Desi is coming into his own, and I love Desi. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, sometimes we, we joke about it on social media. It's like, oh, that's the so-and-so game or blah, 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 blah. Uh, when folks talk about victories over KU, um, this will be remembered as the Desi Sills games. Of course, there's the alley-oop. Of course, Keontae Johnson had a massive game. How about Naquan Tomlin with a double-double as well? But I, I think what Desi Sills was able to give us he will maybe be the name most connected to this victory. Let's go next to Ema Elvis. Um, again, no real question, uh, no real uh, prompt. I just want to hear your uh, thoughts on last. Well, I wish I had been there, but I was watching at home with my wife. And uh, I said some sometime maybe five, ten minutes in, um, even though we had a 14-point lead, when it started to dissolve, I was, of course, never comfortable with a 14-point lead, and 20 points last year got erased quickly, and, and we lost that one uh, against KU in, in Bramlage. <clears throat> but I said, my heart is just pounding. <laughs> and she said, different than other games? And I said, yes, this is like an anxiety thing. And she said, go grab a beer. And, of course, that helped. Uh, but also just – Seeing those dudes on the court, even though I was never comfortable with the lead, I was always confident the entire game. Even when KU got up by a couple late, uh, I was confident that we were going to make this happen. Um, it's just a fantastic game. And and for Desi to step up the way he did, Tomlin got uh, had a good game. Marquise, only four points, but that guy did things to, to make things happen. And he just, he ran the show. Um, and I think that his defense on Grady Dick made Grady Dick have a dick of a night. Um, he, he was uh, pretty sorry. Some of those were open threes that he just missed, but I think uh, Marquise was just all over him and frustrated him last night. Uh, so Mark, he seemed to be defending him more than anyone else and a great game for everybody. Um, at the risk of looking ahead too much, I can't wait for a couple weeks from now to go to Lawrence and have a full roster. Finally, hopefully uh, get David Gasson back out there in the middle and, uh, or at least with some length up, up front and, uh, have Marquise get more than four points, get into double digits uh, with his scoring and assists. And I feel really good about that game in Allen Fieldhouse. So, but we got a lot of work to do before then. Um, got a game coming up this weekend that I know they are going to be fully focused on. 
and I, I think Bram will be rocking again. So bring him back. Yeah, I love that. I, I like how you talked about how you're feeling throughout that game. I was right there with you. Uh, when we got up 14 and then Katie started chipping away, I said to my dad, all right, let's just get to halftime with the lead. And then once we got to halftime, I said, hey, look, you, you got to try to win each of those quarters denoted by the uh, you know, media timeouts. Now, obviously, we didn't because uh, you had the lead at halftime and it went to overtime. But that's how I track those types of games. And I was right there with you. I was standing up. My legs were shaking. My knees were rattling. It was it, it was good. It was a good sort of feeling in Bramlage Coliseum last night. Let's go to Will next. Will, just any thoughts? Open ended. What do you think about? That? Um, I th- I think it's comfortable to say um, we got dudes. Um, we we got dudes. It it to kind of echo what Emil Elvis said. Um, I think this is probably the first time in an extremely long time that we've played KU. And I, I mean, I was nervous, but the having the confidence in the players, you know, having a confidence in the coach that they were going to overcome. um, Absolutely amazing. I mean, during the Weber era, and I know we don't, I'm not going to talk negative about him, but during, during the Weber era, it was always cardiac cats and, I'm seeing a little bit less of that now. I'm feeling more confident that we have the staff, we have the players to overcome um, these these blue bloods. And um, yeah, what everyone else has just said, I mean, absolutely. I was on cloud nine, just absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I cardiac cats are still there seeing that we've had so many games in overtime and down to the wire. But I kind of get what, what you mean. And, and again, I... I love Bruce Weber. I'm never going to say anything negative about him, but uh, at least with this game, um, there was the whole Bruce, Illinois, Bill Self type thing. And and I think the fact that this entire roster, uh, except for two guys, turned over and you had uh, these different coaches that don't have this one-on-one type baggage and history inside this rivalry, which maybe we'll talk about, maybe we won't. Um, but uh, it, it showed all week that, hey, it, it, it's a little bit different. And I, and I think that is a good thing if you want to talk about uh, competing in this game and getting wins in this game. So um, it, it is interesting to see the different dynamics and how the different players and coaching staffs over the years treated the game. And who knows, maybe we have the uh, winning formula there. Uh, let's go with Jeff next. Jeff, what do you got for me? Hey, Scott. Good to talk to everyone. Um, I think my takeaway from the game was just from the time we went up seven to six till it was thirty-one to seventeen, just seemed like the most frantic, crazy, amazing. You know that the that Bram has has been in a long, long time, and I was trying to remember. You know, because I remember last year we were up twenty at half, so we had to have had some some amazing plays in that first half last year, but I, I just can't remember a time where it was just, it just seemed like it was balls to the wall crazy during that run when we, you know, get KU to take two timeouts to settle themselves down. And, and it just seemed like it was absolutely crazy and nuts in there. And it was great. And when I walked out of the stadium, it felt like I had just run a marathon and um, it was just a, a great, 
a great game and happy we came out on the winning end of it. And it was the Desi Sills game because I mean, KU did a fantastic job of guarding Noel. They were, they were just going to say, that guy's not going to beat us. And he didn't get anything, but Desi Sills just stood up and said, that's okay. I'm going to, I'll carry the load. And he did. And that's just, that's fantastic team effort right there. Yeah, you mentioned it, and and I think uh, Jimmy mentioned it as well. It, it did remind me that frantic start with Bill Self calling all those timeouts reminded me of that 09 game, and uh, thank goodness uh, the ending was a, a lot better. And, and I think the fun part about Desi Sills going off like that is, uh, and we've talked about on the show, um, needing three guys most games, and we were able to get three guys with one of them not even being Marquise Noel, and I think K-State has, you know, four, maybe even five, six guys who on any given night, they can go off for double figures. And that's what makes this team dangerous, not only in Big 12 play, but when you start looking towards Kansas City and when you start looking towards the big dance. And I'm just so excited to see this team continue to develop. Let's go to Hayes next. Uh, Hayes, uh, you're right there in the student section, I'm sure. What was it like taking in that game uh, right from the belly of the beat? Yeah, that was absolutely incredible. Um, definitely the best environment of my college career. Uh, shout out Ace for holding me a couple spots. Um, but yeah, that it, that game was insane. Um, I'm going to be honest, I'm in a lot of pain today just from like standing and jumping so much. Like my knee hurts. So I'm trying to recover. I feel like I put 40 minutes out there. But just an awesome game. I mean, kind of like you were saying, Scott, like every every timeout, like I'm just looking at the clock, like waiting for the under four, like take the lead in the under four, like be up five. And almost every time they did what I was asking and just kept the game at pace. Like we weren't ever firmly in control, but um, they were doing what they needed to do and they always answered when they had to. And but that didn't make the end of it any less stressful. I I don't know how I didn't have a heart attack, but we made it to today. And did you safely get on the court? I know in the two times I rushed the court, um, the the first time there were a lot of folks who struggled to get up and over the uh, chairs, the courtside chairs, and the second time a lot of folks tripped getting onto the floor. Uh, but ultimately no disasters those two times. What about you? Did you successfully get out there? Did you uh, hit the ground? I made it out there. It took a while to – it was quite the bottleneck at the bottom, so it took a little bit to get on, but I made it. It looked like people had basically just shoved chairs out of the way, and um, I looked down, and there was a half-full beer in the chair next to me, so I grabbed that and downed it while I ran out. That's perfect. Um, I just – I did see one video of a poor – older fella getting run over a little bit, but I think he's all right. It wasn't too bad. Um, So yeah, we made it out pretty unscathed. There you go. I love to hear it. Let's go with Coley Dub and then we'll go to Nick next. Coley Dub, how did you take that game in down in Austin? Um, I did so with a lot of beers. That's for sure. Um, It was just a lot of fun to watch. I mean, that start, a start like that, you know, that's what you always hope for against KU because, you know, you know, in the back of your head, like, you know, KU's not going to play like that all game. Um, 
I just feel like it was a big game, uh, a game of a bunch of big little moments. Um, it seemed like any time we absolutely had to have a rebound or absolutely needed a bucket or a couple free throws, it just happened. It just like anytime, you know, we never let him go on that, that vintage 15 0, you know, KU run. Anytime KU get a bucket or go on like a, you know, couple, couple bucket, you know, run, we would answer with, you know, like I said, a, a couple free throws, a bucket, something. Um, but it was just very awesome to see. It was very fun to watch. And uh, Coach Ting's message after the game, I just <clears throat> thought that was awesome. Um, let's just hope they can keep it up and keep getting uh, someone to step up every game. Let's go next to the coffee fiend himself, owner, CEO, roaster of Standard Issue Coffee. Hashtag no free ads, but check them out. Nick, uh, w- what would you think of that game? Uh, can you all hear me? I just want to make sure my earbuds are working. Cool. Uh, first off, uh, thank you, Scott, for doing the Lord's work today on Twitter. Uh, it coaches of the K-State men's basketball or women's basketball, for that matter. Uh, if you guys want coffee, um, check out Standard Issue Coffee Company. Um, thank you, Scott, for that. Uh, it was – the game last night was wild. Um, I just – my heart was racing the whole time. And a couple of the things that I saw that I knew this team is different than some of the years past um, – First off, Marquise, uh, his maturity. Um, I think Tang, Coach Tang pointed out in the press conference, um, yeah, he didn't score, but the elite defense as well as the maturity to not shake things, uh, not get rattled after a bad play or um, just the mental fortitude of what, what next play needs to happen. And him and Keontae Johnson, man, I'm – best duo in college basketball, hands down. Um, and then this was Desi Seals' game um, that from the get-go, I think Kansas knew that it was going to be Keontae and Marquise, but Desi stepped up, and I love the quote that Coach Tang, um, when they were in the huddle about, don't worry about me, just get it to the other guys. Like, I'll just do my job. I think that's just the maturity of the whole team and being a team-oriented uh, group of guys. Um, like I said, Ish being clutch, uh, I just remember last year, Ish just kind of not really being flaky or just be kind of meh. And so far this season, he's stepped up in that role position and provided some clutch, clutch threes and defense. Um, let me tell you, boys, the tide has turned. K-State basketball is here and it's going to be here for a while. So, uh, pretty excited, ready for round two. Um, I think we can get it though. Uh, also, Jimmy, your courts on Twitter, absolute. F- yeah, anyone who hasn't seen uh, Jimmy's reimagined Bramlage Coliseum court uh, mockups, go to at KSU underscore fan. Uh, Jimmy, not only a great stats guy, he, uh, he, he, I mean, he had the like original, you know, edits back in the day, some of the original fan shirts. So, uh, Jimmy truly is K-State internet royalty, so check those out, KSU underscore fan. Let's go to my guy, Justin. Justin holding it down. Uh, he, he was the guy who got, uh, you know, co-founder of Bosco's Boys, Grant underscore KSU in the building. 
Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm sure it was a event watching that game around him, but just give me any and all thoughts from last. Hey, what it do go cats last night was amazing. And taking the game in with Grant, he's a pretty, he's a, he, he's pretty high strug dude. He was melting down a couple times with how it was going back and forth in the, in the second half. He He's a wild child. He, he I mean, he, I, I I sat with him uh, for that Oklahoma State game, and I, I've only taken in one K-State KU game with him, and uh, it, it that one was an event. And so, I, I mean, God bless you and your girls for uh, taking care of him. Yeah, I, I took my oldest, my 12-year-old, and my youngest, my 7-year-old, and then I gave two of our other tickets to one of my wife's colleagues. And they were asking her today, like, who who was that other guy with your husband? He was he was crazy. It was hilarious. <laughs> My wife texted me all that stuff today. But about the game, so I'm gonna go back to the um OSU game. And that was the game homeboy hooked me up with some courtside seats to get a little <clears throat> better view. And the lady, there was an old lady next to me, and she had her hands up to her eyes like blinders because she was so stressed out at the end of the game. And I touched her on the shoulder and I was like, we're fine. We've got the players to close this game out. We'll be good. And that was when the oop happened to Keontae. And then last night with Grant melting down, I kept telling him too, same thing. We've got guys. We can close the game out. We'll be fine. And I'm usually the type of guy before these games, I'm like, we're going to get blown out. We're going to get smacked. We have no chance of winning. But then when we're in the games and we're actually in it, I'm like, okay, we got this. We can do it. It's such a weird dichotomy with my fandom from pregame to during game. But then the same thing happened last night. The dudes closed it all down, and they made it happen. And I know some people are talking about Keith not having a good game, but with the way KU defended him and what he was able to do with the way they defended him was really impressive. He still had seven assists, super disruptive on defense. He kept them from getting into a lot of their stuff the majority of the game. And then really opened it up for a guy like Desi to have that type of game because nobody was paying attention to him because all they were doing was focusing on keys and key. So I don't want to, I don't, I'm not saying people are trash talking Marquise, but like he, he had a bigger impact on the game than the box score would have you, have you believe. I think that's a good call out. I, in the moment, in the game, I, was kind of looking up there and like, oh, Marquise only has two points. And then, of course, he does get the massive layup to get his fourth point. And inside the arena, you don't see assist numbers unless they're uh, putting it on the ribbon board above the video board. So I didn't notice it till I got home, his assist. And then I rewatched mm-hmm. the entire game this morning before I logged on to work. I couldn't really sleep. And that's where I really appreciated, A, the defense he played, and B, how much attention he took away from the other perimeter players on offense. So I'm glad you shouted that out. And I mean, think about it like this. Self had this whole defensive scheme to take Marquise away and to be super physical with Keontae. And, you know, KU executed it really well. And it would have been easy for Bill Self to be like, okay, Keese hasn't done anything off on offense all game. We can, like, not dedicate so many resources to him. But at the end of the second half and all through overtime, they were still face guarding him and double teaming him, not even letting him get the ball in on an inbounds play after a made shot. Like, that's how high he was on the scouting report for Self and his team. And for him to still produce the way that he did is super, super impressive. Yeah, I I think it'll be interesting to see uh, that chess match 
uh, versus two in Allen Fieldhouse here in a couple weeks. I'm definitely not looking past uh, any of the next couple games, but if, if you want to talk about, uh, you know, the chess match, even here in uh, Kansas City on 810, um, it was, uh, oh man, it, it was the midday guy. Uh, I, I'm blanking on his name. He's not going to listen to the show, so it doesn't matter. But the, the mid, midday guy and Seren Petro both said, that in key moments when it came down to coaching, it was Jerome Tang getting the better of the Hall of Famer, Bill Self. So as chess games go, I'll be interested to see how each of those staffs take the rematch. Let's go next to Callie Mike out there in the Bay Area, in San Francisco. Callie Mike, how did you take in last night's game? Well, um, it was at 4 o'clock, obviously, west coast time um so luckily i was working from home and i was able to flip on the tv um and before covid uh we actually had joined up with believe it or not we joined up with the ku uh alumni group out here um to do a joint watch party and that was the year that that, uh, horrible you know it it is. Um, I'm not gonna lie, but that was the year that we spanked him at Bramlage with Jada with the last second steal for the dunk. So that was um pretty exciting. Yeah, okay. That yeah. Um so anyway, didn't work out this time just because uh four o'clock start, people aren't leaving work early. Anyway, I took it in at home, um, nervous as hell the whole game. Uh, you know. I, I did feel like we had a really good chance of winning this game. I think I said it last week that I wasn't that afraid of KU. Um, and I was a little shocked that KU uh, climbed back into it after that first half that we were really um, pounding it. And I, you know, when, when it came to the end, I was just sort of thinking, I'm like, shit, you know, this is like an Allen Fieldhouse turnaround in our own place. And we can't let this happen. And I think, again, like the guys have said here, it's just all about this team's fortitude and, you know, this group that has just gelled together that I now have the confidence that we can win those games that are coming down to the points. And, um, you know, at the free throw line, the guys are hitting their shots, which is, you know, not typical to previous years. Um, So, you know, it's just huge. I'm, Definitely not looking forward to January 31st to Allen Fieldhouse because, I don't know, it's just teams don't come out of that place with wins, um, even if they are better than KU. But we'll see, you know. Um, it was fun, fun last night. I was, I was buzzing. I'm glad you are able to watch that out there in San Francisco. Let's go next to Colorado, Cole. Cole, how did you take in last night's game? Just give me any thoughts, emotions, fears, anything, uh, you know, coming out of that game. I don't know, fears. I don't know why I said that. but Yeah, I don't know. Fears, I wouldn't say too much. Um, definitely, I wouldn't say I enjoyed watching the game, but I think that is just because it was a good game. Other than the fact that it was a very heavy refereed game, just a lot of uh, stoppage and the flow just never really, never really seemed to flow quite right because of the refs. 
But obviously, once the clock struck zero, I was ecstatic. Um, I don't know I felt pretty good going into it, but I was definitely worried, you know, that if we weren't able to pull off that win, then, you know, you're facing a tough Texas Tech team on Saturday and taking a three-game skid. That looks pretty rough on you, but luckily we don't have to worry about it. I mean, it was awesome seeing all the videos of the the uh, court storming and seeing Tang on Scott Van Pelt right after the game. Um, I don't know. It was just awesome. <clears throat> awesome to see K-State get some respect, you know, not only just the basketball team, but as a university, a student body, and uh, just to have the Octagon of Doom back and finally get some uh, respect on its name. I love it. I love it. Uh, the next thing I'm going to ask, and I just kind of came up with this because I was, I was rethinking about uh, the entire evening for me. I want to know everyone's favorite thing that happened outside of the actual game. It can be something from the crowd. It can be something off social media. It could be something on Sports Center. something uh, even today. I'm going to start and uh, as everyone knows, uh, I, I, I was driving from Manhattan back to Shawnee, and K-State's postgame uh, for basketball, it does not run very long. Uh, my dad and I, on the way back to Topeka, uh, listened to the entire K-State postgame, uh, the interview with Tang, uh, the interview with Naquan Tomlin, both done by Wyatt Thompson. They go through some stats, uh, but this has been something that – I've got I've done on a handful of occasions uh, because, you know, we have have beat them a few times. And I listened to uh, a full hour of KU postgame on their radio network and some of the mental gymnastics, some of the calls, texts and tweets in and then trying to listen to their uh, uh, guys back at Papa Kino's and Lawrence talking to. KU coaches and players on a cell phone on their bus ride back from Manhattan just gave me uh, a a lot of giggles on my drive from Topeka back to Shawnee. So that was my favorite thing that I encountered on the day uh, that didn't happen on the court. So I want to know your guys's. I'm going to go back to Jimmy again. It's a it's a large group, so everyone's going to go a while without me coming back to them. But I want to go to you, Jimmy. What was your favorite thing from the game that did not occur on the um, I Just the national coverage, uh, Tang on with Scott Van Pelt and the uh, field of 64 guys, Jeff Goodman and the uh, Douster, the other guy, I think. Um, those were pretty cool interviews that were fun to, to listen to. And just seeing us being in the really the national spotlight uh, for college basketball. Um, Seth Greenberg talked about us. Dick Vitale tweeted about us. Um, uh, any and all of the national guys were talking about K-State basketball, and that hasn't happened for a while. And then on top of that, Tang is sort of a face of the program type of coach, kind of like Frank was, but in a different way, and, and I'd say in a more positive way. Not that Frank was super negative, but you know, Tang is clearly a, a super ultra-positive guy, so – that coach being the face of the program aspect 
only helps that publicity even more in my opinion. And, you know, I was never a Bruce hater and, and I wanted him gone at the end, but Bruce, even at his highest, never had that ability to be that kind of face of the program coach that gravitates national guys to him. And all of that intertwined was what's been fun after that game. And even as we've risen to success. Yeah, Jerome Tang and then the kind of stories that is uh, Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel. And like you said, Jerome Tang being that face of the program type guy. Uh, Look, I'm not going to reveal anything. This is not coming from the K-State side of things. So uh, no one even tried to guess who I heard this from. But uh, there's a certain game that has a stripe out associated with it that just might be a location, on-site location for basketball, college game day, if uh, both programs do their work. Uh, It's at least being talked about in Bristol, Connecticut. So, And a lot of that has to do with Jerome Tang being that face of the program, that positive brand. Uh, Let's go to Coley Dubs because he says he has a good one for this. Uh, Cole, what is yours? Okay, I might have overhyped it, but – like, watching the game last night, there was a point where – is his name Fran Franchilla? Is, Fran, is, wait, is that, is that the main guy's name, Fran Franchilla? Yep, yeah, Fran so, Franchilla. Well, he's colored. He wasn't – uh, Well, he yeah. Uh, well, he was ta- – you know, he does all this homework, digs into stuff. At one point, you know, they're talking about Desi Seals. Like, oh, you know, Desi Seals from Jonesboro, Arkansas. And somehow possum hunting came up, like – Something about possum hunting. Apparently, they possum hunt in Jonesboro, Arkansas. And they're like, yeah, Teddy Seals probably knows all about that. But it was just absurd. I was like, what in the hell are they talking about right now? Like, I thought I was crazy. But it was just absurd and ridiculous. And I was like, it was just kind of made me on my mind. Uh, made me- well, that, that's a good one. I, I did not pick up on that during the rewatch. Um I, I'll be honest, I did, I did not have uh, the sound up very high. I was kind of taking notes on my iPhone as I was watching, so I missed that. So I might have to watch it back a second time with uh, full commentary so I can catch that. Let's go next. Uh, we'll go to the Coffee Fiend, Nick. Nick, what was your favorite thing that happened uh, revolving the game that wasn't on the floor? Um, just <clears throat> so I'm a Scott Van Pelt uh, fan, and just seeing us getting some media attention with him has been awesome as well as uh again getting on sports center's top 10 how many is that now is that like three or four i mean it's a lot i mean it's more than three or four because we had quite a few during the non-con then we had the oklahoma state uh uh alley-oop as well so i think it's like closer to five or six I love it. Let's go next to Joel. Joel, what was your favorite thing surrounding the game that did not happen on? Yeah, honestly, for me, and this is kind of like a dumb answer, but it was that big game boomer actually had fun in Manhattan. Like he talked so much trash on K-State. And he, was, he was just tweeting all night about how great of an atmosphere it was and how great of a game. So a little bit of national recognition. I, I always. I hate that big game boomer became such a big thing. Um, but, you know, uh, the fact that he was throwing lots of roses our way isn't a bad thing, especially since he does 
have quite the following nowadays. Let's go to Colorado, Cole, and then we'll go to Jeff. Cole, what was your favorite thing about the game that didn't happen on the Yeah, uh, my favorite thing, it's kind of a spinoff of what Joel said, but just kind of seeing us become a media darling. I mean, it's kind of what we said is either before the season or earlier in the season, but I remember kind of talking about how we felt like we would be a media darling this year. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't imagine we'd be, you know, have such a successful record to go along with that, but that's great. Uh, I just love seeing all the commentary from random college basketball podcasts. I've never heard of seeing, you know, the Fox, uh, college basketball tweet about us. I'm pretty sure um, it was actually the Fox College football put both of the uh, Sunflower Showdown scores up on there. So I love to see that. It's great for the brand. Um, you know, I think our, our story is only only just beginning. You know, we're going to become even more of a media darling. Um, so that'd be my favorite thing. I would like to bring up something off the court that pissed me off. Uh, not to put like a negative spin zone on this question, but I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but when Tang was up on the media table speaking and the players got up there, there was some Bramlage staffer that was telling the players to get down. And that really pissed me off. I felt like he should have let those guys have their moment and he should have stayed in his lane. So Bramlage Stafford, if you're listening to this, I really I felt like you made a wrong move. Uh, you you know what? I I, I did not see that. Uh, you know, I, I I'm glad no one got hurt though. I mean, because I I, I kind of go back to that time where Holly Rowe almost went down and Gip saved her life. So uh, I'll have to go back and try to find that video and see what you're talking about. We'll go Jeff and then Ema Elvis. Jeff, what was your favorite thing that didn't happen on the floor? I think my favorite thing is just seeing all the euphoria and happiness on uh, Twitter. Love to see that. And uh, I don't seek out, I don't follow KU people or seek out KU opinions, but, you know, it's inevitable a couple come across the timeline. So it was enjoyable to see a few uh, of their hot takes. And like you, I also flipped over to the KU broadcast for just a little bit and I'm within an incredibly short span of time, they were how they were able to just rip off, you know, how KU has a bigger or a stronger strength of schedule. And they knew the all-time series, you know, record and their record in Bramble. I mean, they had their talking points down and I was just laughing. That was, that was great. And, and I loved it. I know exactly. uh, I, I was listening at that point as well. And I just started cackling, laughing that that's what they were pulling out in their official post-game uh, radio show. We'll go Ema Elvis, and then we'll go Will. I watched the entire Field of 68 live show after the game, and uh, I don't know where those guys are from, but they certainly do their program on a national scale and talk about everybody. But they've been talking about K-State a lot lately, and the fact that they were there – And one of them at least said, I've been in a lot of places, and this is the loudest place I've ever seen a game. Uh, So I thought that was really cool. Fran Priscilla seems to, who always to me seemed to be a homer for KU, 
he seemed to be more of a K-State fan now. So I love that. Um, the Ishma sued out of bounds with a second or two left in the overtime before he tossed the ball up in the air and, and uh, it was batted away um, by Key. I, they, they keep showing a, a still frame of Ish, and they say he's out of bounds. I only responded to one of them that said, what do you see here? Uh, because what I see there is if you look at that frame that they everybody keeps showing is Ish's shoulders are not down on the floor. The middle of the lower back is on the floor, but his shoulders are not. And he released the ball. When I looked at it frame by frame, I just kept stopping it. He releases the ball before his shoulders go down to the floor. So it's not like football. Those guys don't understand even basketball. That's their sport. Um, that it's not when the ball crosses the plane of the line that it's out of bounds. Got to be a body part out of bounds on the floor. Uh, it's why guys can leap out of bounds and throw in a ball that's five, six feet out without touching the floor uh, and, and make a save. So uh, I just thought that was a stupid thing, and I've ignored the rest of them because they're not worth my time. I'm glad you brought that up because every time I see that frame that they're pointing out, uh, I laugh because it, it is so obvious that the ball is out of his hands. And just like you said, his shoulders aren't on the floor. Um, and that's my biggest pet peeve with some of the Kansas City sports talk, at least on 810. I, I don't listen to 610. Um, uh, Stephen St. John uh, was really trying to, uh, you know, needle Nate Bucati trying to get him to say something and, and to Nate's credit he he didn't take the bait and Jason Anderson was kind of running his mouth a little bit uh but every time I see that I just laugh because uh very similar to that TCU freeze frame uh it, it is quite obvious when you actually watch and even slow it down that he was not out of bounds so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up we'll go Will and then Hayes so I uh I I did hop in a Twitter space last night after the game that was hosted by a KU fan. And although the the meltdown was absolutely uh, great, I think that probably my more enjoyable is the, probably the impact that Tang is leaving the, the influence that he has right now. There's been, I don't know, I'm sure a lot of you guys have looked on Twitter today, but there's been a lot of people that were set in their ways about the chant. And, um, you know, after a win like that, you're seeing people like, okay, if we want this guy, we're, we, we need to get rid of it. Um, my personal stance on it, I'm for, I, it could really, I could carry the weight, but, you know, seeing the people that are like, okay, wait a second, maybe we should reevaluate this is, is absolutely amazing. I mean, never in a million years did I think someone, you know, in year one could have that much influence on a a fan base in and of itself. And uh, so, yeah, that, that would be. All right. We'll go to Hayes. And then I think we need Justin Callie, Mike. And I don't know if I got Joel, Joel put it in the chat again. Uh, this is what I get for going rogue and not having any plan, but we'll go Hayes, Justin Callie, Mike, and then maybe Joel. Uh, but Hayes, what was your. Um, I got a few. Uh, I can't believe nobody pointed out the our Johnson is bigger than your dick sign that is all time to make that sign and keep it appropriate I, enough to get in the building I, 
I'm shocked they let that in the building. Back in my day, yeah, I'm going to do that. Back in my day, there's no way security would have let that sign in. Uh, but I'm glad that made it in. Did the uh, self-paid-for-dick sign make it in? I, I did not see that one in the building, so I have a bad feeling it didn't. <laughs> That's hilarious, though. Yeah, I saw that uh, one on Twitter, and I was like, nah, that one's not making <laughs> um, But I just I loved all the national attention. It's about time we get some recognition for the atmospheres we can provide. Um, most of them have been football, but now the doom is back. Um, I also, I got to shout out Aggieville. I mean, the place was packed. I remember getting a text um, that Omals was so full that they weren't even letting Will Howard in. I thought that was pretty hilarious. That's wild. You got to let QB1 in. Yeah, I, I got down there probably 10 minutes after, and he was still the first person outside the door waiting. So, <laughs> Yeah, they, they were holding strong. They, they weren't giving anybody anything. But, um, no, just incredible all the way around. Um, I stayed in the gym for a while after just trying to soak it in, enjoy the post game. I've, I've rewatched the expect to win quote probably 100 times. Um, and I also got to shout out the one, um, the one guy calling the game. I, I can't remember his name, but he just posted, like, the enhanced audio just like an hour or so ago of his final call. I, I get chills every single time. So yeah, Colby Van Camp, uh, he does a great job, uh, on student radio. Uh, he actually has a, he, he does a great, uh, touchdown call in football where he actually sings touchdown wildcats in like a vibrato style, a uh, very talented, uh, student broadcaster. That's a great video. We retweeted it from the Bosco's voice account as well. Uh, we'll go Justin and then Callie Mike. And then, uh, We'll go rapid-fire predictions on the next two games so everyone start thinking about your prediction for Texas Tech and then at, at Iowa State. But, Justin, what was your favorite thing that uh, revolving the game not on the Well, there were two things that, that come to mind. First one is, like, in the second half, my 12-year-old was, like, in tears because the game was going back and forth, and she has so many KU buddies at school that talk shit and – she wears her K-State shit proudly all the time. <clears throat> so she hears it from them, and she didn't want to lose. She didn't want to listen to their bullshit tomorrow, so she was getting really in her feelings about it. So that was the first one. I thought it was hilarious. It shows me how much she cares about the cats, which tells me that I'm doing a good job as a dad. The second one is the look on Jerome's Tang, Jerome Tang's face when he's on the scorer's table and he's preaching to the students on the court. You just look at that man's eyes. He is so intense. And when you combine that intensity that he has with how intentionally he is with things and how much charisma he has, and holy shit, we have a home run higher in this guy. It is insane how amazing he's going to be for us and how good he already is. Oh, and last thing, Riley Gates sat behind me. And if it if you guys didn't think this was possible, he's even douchier in person than whatever the internet has to say about him. I'm surprised I'm just now hearing about this because I know uh, Mr. Grant KFC does not like him. So, uh, well, he's the one. He's the one who confirmed to me that it was him. I was like, "Is that <laughs> is that Riley Gates?" And he goes, "Yes, that is." Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll just leave my comments to myself for that one. Let's end this question with Callie Mike, and then, like I said, we'll go rapid fire on the next two games. Uh, predictions and call it a night. Callie Mike, favorite thing, not on the 
Uh, well, first I have a question, Scott, were you, I was seeing a lot of videos of the crowd, uh, different people posting videos. Were you sitting yep. just next to the band? Uh, not, no, not right next to it. I was in section two. So, uh, in the corner op or, All right, hit mute. Uh, yeah, God yeah. Bless you. Uh, hopefully, I hit mute. Um, I so I, I was in section two, so I'm at that corner uh, that is uh, to the right of Ku's bench uh, behind them. So I was not right next to uh, the band. No, but okay. So you same. you got a doppelganger out there. Oh, that's fun. Um, but uh, you know things that I love like that that Ema banner with the flag, Willie. Um, that the students fly they had at the football game as well that thing is so awesome and to see it on tv um i just love that thing um one other thing is um dream dowling kind of like giving some uh some stuff little jabs to uh, coach tang after every game i love that like talking about his burnt eggs after texas and then uh posting that gift talking about, you know, when your wife asks you to do something and you got five other things to do. Um, Dream Dowling has some of the best posts, just ribbing coach Tang. Um, and then the last thing I want to say just about the chant, like I am all down with coach Tang getting rid of it, honestly, because I think we should really be focusing on ourselves. The only thing that I will say is I want I, and I know Coach Tang would still spread the same message, but, you know, he he just hasn't been in Kansas long enough to feel the despicable nature of KU fans. And I think that's really where it comes from, is just these KU fans are atrocious. And so, you know, that's K-State fans' response. But I'm all for our fans focusing inward and on our team and moving forward. Yeah, I, I hear you there. Um all right, let's get to it. Um, I, I've been saying it. Again, the Big 12 is so crazy. Uh, we got Texas Tech on Saturday at 1 p.m. Uh, in a sold-out Bramlage Coliseum. I will be there. Um, and then going to Ames, Iowa next Tuesday uh, with – I mean, I, I literally – it makes me sick. Truly sick to my stomach to say it. Uh, but – what I think is uh, maybe the best team in the Big 12, the Iowa State Cyclones with T.J. Otts, uh, which, man, oof, really wish they weren't good. Um, it's going to be a tough one. You know, again, uh, Texas Tech, when they're the worst team, maybe the worst team in the conference, it's going to be a uh, – it's it's an 18-game meat grinder. Uh, I, I think we're going to go – one and one, I, I think we take care of business at home, and I think it's a much better game than that game at TCU. But as much as I hate to say it, I'm predicting Iowa State uh, to get game one in the double round robin with the Cyclones. Let's start off. We'll start with Jimmy like we uh, have been. Jimmy, what do you got going for us uh, in these two games? And then, as always, check out KSO where Jimmy does have detailed previews uh, and his game picks, but give, give, give the listeners a little something for free. I, I tend to agree with your call on both those games. I do think, uh, I think we'll hand, I think tech could, could battle with us for a while, but I think in, in time we'll kind of put them away. I, I do think that is kind of a program 
or at least a team in a season that's reeling right now. Um, but you're right on Iowa State. I don't know what happened. I, their defense was really good all year and has been good, but now they're scoring and, and Gabe Kalbashaw or whatever his name is is somehow making every shot he takes. Um, so so it's a scary combo. Um, I, I do think it'll be tough. you know. But on the other hand, uh, Bruce won one of his last games as a Wildcat in Ames, Iowa last year. So maybe we'll – bring a little bit of that luck back to the cats and, and pull out a win there. But I, I would call. Hopefully uh, maybe they'll read Pete the cat before that game. Uh, and hopefully that is the Achilles heel for Iowa state. Uh, let's go to Jeff next. Jeff, what do you got for us in the next? Uh, I'll go one and one. Like, uh, like you said, and Jimmy said, um, I mean, this, this tech game, I mean, if you don't win it, you feel like you kind of wasted an opportunity. So I think they're going to come really focused. And I I do agree with Jimmy that I think they're reeling. I think they're kind of – their heads are kind of spinning right now. The Plus, the, I don't know, it was like two or three weeks ago, it seemed like that program had some internal stuff going on. I don't, I don't know where their heads are. I don't think they're I, – I think their season's spiraling out of control and – you know, and if you win that one, then the Iowa State game, I mean, you're just playing with house money. If you if you win, great, uh, but I would not expect it, and Iowa State is playing really well. So you just go in there and, and do your best and, and you know, let everything happen that happens. We'll go next to Colorado. Cole, Cole uh, what do you got for the next two games? Yeah, I, I like our chances on Saturday. Um you know, you have a little bit, a few more days in between the games, you know, from Tuesday to Saturday compared to that quick turnaround <laughs> Saturday to Tuesday. Um, yeah, kind of like it's been said before, though, it feels like we almost got to win this one. You know, you're playing supposedly one of the worst teams in the conference at home on a Saturday, coming off a big win. Probably got to find a way to pull this one out. Um I definitely see it getting a little bit, you know, a little ugly. I don't know if ugly is the right word, but we might have to just duke it out with them, you know, kind of like the Oklahoma State game. Um, and Iowa State, I mean, that will surely be interesting. It's Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like that will really be the first true uh, hostile environment that we've had a game in. I mean – I'd say maybe Butler, but I'm not even sure. So you were there. You could probably speak on that. But, I mean, TCU's atmosphere was horrible on Saturday. Yeah, Butler, uh, I I wouldn't call it hostile, but it it was a decent atmosphere. I'd imagine the way Iowa State is rolling right now, uh, that game will be far and away uh, probably the second most hostile environment we'll experience this year. Uh, behind uh, January 31st. Um, so we'll see how the boys react. Uh, let's go Ema Elvis and then Hayes. Ema Elvis, what do you All right. You remember when I said that uh, K-State was going to score 100 on another team? This is the weekend to do that. So I'm picking the Cats, put 100 on them. Um, at ISU, I think Bruce spoiled that Hilton Magic last year. So I think the cats are going to eke one out in Ames. 
And they have to because, um, well, the tech game is a sure win because we have to keep that streak going. We're 10 and 0 at home. This is a toasty take, but we're going to end up 17 and 0 at home this year. I sure as hell would take uh, that home record. Uh, we'll go Hayes and then Will and then also Ema Elvis. Uh, I, I wrote down, I was writing down, you have a scoring 100. So, uh, you know, make sure to collect your roses next Wednesday if that does happen. Uh, but Hayes and then Will. Um, I refuse to look ahead, so I will only be talking about the Texas Tech game. Um, I Texas Tech scares me. Um, I definitely think it will be a tough game, but I feel like we got to have one of these. It's easy. We got to, the cardiac cats have to end at some point. And I really hope um, it's this one. They, they scare me with a uh, Farquaad. I cannot remember his last name, but they scare me with him playing now. But um, I think that's a game that we could handle and hopefully win by 10 plus and kind of ease my, uh, possible heart attacks and everything well Hayes I respect you taking it just one game at the time Will what do you have for me I think that uh Saturday Saturday's got me nervous um I I think that we should we will come out ahead on it but um I think that if we were to drop one of the two it would probably be the tech game I um but that being said I'm going to pick us going uh 2-0 in the next I love it. Let's go next to Justin and then Coley Dubs. Justin, uh, every game in the Big 12 is big, so I can't say two big ones. It's just life in the Big 12 this year. Uh, what do you got? Well, you know, Tang said that all these games are just worth one win or one loss, so not, none of them are bigger than others, right? That is accurate. And actually, you know uh, – Tang said that, but 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 if if you folks want to go back and listen to what I said on Monday, I actually had that exact same talking point before Jerome Tang did on his uh, Tuesday, or on his uh, press conference uh, that same day. I, I recorded that mm-hmm. on Sunday. He he said the same stuff on Monday. So Jerome Tang might have listened to Bosco's boys and got that talking point. Wouldn't shock me at all. And I'll, just a little pro tip for all you K-State fans out there listening. If you take that approach with KU fans on game week, they hate it. They want you to think that it's this huge, important game. And when you just act like it's just another game, God, it pisses them off. It's so great. So make sure you use that one in the future, Cat fans. So as far as predictions go, last week I predicted one and one. It didn't happen the way that I thought. It was actually flip-flopped. I thought we were going to get the road win and then lose to KU last night. I'm going to predict 2-0 and this, these next two games. I think we smacked Texas Tech, and if you look at Iowa State, they have three losses. Two of them were by 20 points to UConn and Iowa, and then they had that two-point loss to, Tech, to, to Kansas, which everybody loses to them. So I think it's time for them to get another 20-point loss. Road dogs. I will be uh, the most insufferable human being on Twitter if we beat them by 20. Oh, my God. Please sign me up. We'll go Coley Dubs and then Joel Coley Dubs. I think every time we've done this, I kept saying one and one. Um, so far, it's worked out well, so I'm going to go one and one. Um, everyone just relax a little bit about tech. We'll be all right. We got the doom back, you know. The doom's going to get us through. All you guys are going to get us through. 
get this, we'll get the team through. So I think we'll beat Tech, and I just hope it's really good. Just battle up in Ames. Hopefully our players don't get sick, get any mold sickness going on, or hopefully it doesn't flood even but while, while they're up there. So hopefully it's a good game, but I'll go one. Joel, what do, what do we got in the next two? Yeah, I mean, um, halfway through the day today, as I was tweeting with KU people, it was so fun. I love Twitter fights. I had a slight panic attack about this tech game. And Scott, thank you very much for nothing talking me off of that cliff. Um, Coley Dub, shout out to you, bro, for real. Um, and exactly like what Cole said, I, th- I think the Doom is going to get us the win, um, which is honestly so nice to say. Um, but, yeah, Iowa State is cooking, dude. They, I mean, Caleb Grill might have the worst haircut in America, so make sure to make fun of him for that. But they're nice, so, yeah, I'm going. Yeah, and Caleb Grill's also a piece of shit, uh, if folks saw what uh, went down in that Texas game. Um, we'll go Nick and then Callie Mike, and then uh, we'll call it a night. Yeah, I think um... – we're going to get the dub this Saturday. I think it's going to be a comfortable, at least 10 points. And then we're going to go into Ames, and I think it's going to be another close, um, potentially overtime victory. So we're going to. Uh, well, I, I, I would I'd much prefer that 20-point win than the uh, overtime win, but I'll, I'll take anything uh, uh, if it means we're getting the win if we're going 2-0 this week or this next set of games. I uh, will go Cali Mike, and then uh, we're going to call it a night. All right. Um, yeah, so for the last four games, I have uh, I basically said I couldn't bet against the Cats, and I was uh, – last four I said 4-0. Um, and uh, so we went 3-1. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say we're going to go 2-0 just because, you know, I think, yeah, in the Doom – uh, we're going to take care of business against a lesser team, obviously. Um, and Iowa State, we have been able to have success there. Um, it's not one of those places you walk into and think, oh, uh, you know, we're screwed. The refs are going to screw it for us. We're, we're done. Um, I think we have a lot of good mojo going into that place. And, you know, somebody's got to upend Iowa State here in the Big 12. So why not let it be us? I love it, folks. This was a fun one. I'm glad uh, for the first time. I, I very rarely do any shows without a written out plan, uh, and, and this went well. I hope you guys all had fun participating in the chat, getting up here and talking about uh, that big win over KU and then getting our predictions for the next two. Uh, if you guys are listening live, I saw Bob Trollsby pop in for a second. You guys don't if you're if you if you haven't had enough K State talk on Spotify Live in four minutes, uh, Cocaine Willie will be going live on Spotify Live as well. Uh, and, and if folks are listening to this on the RSS feed, if you love chaotic good, if you're looking at you know those old uh, chaotic good, chaotic evil, chaotic neutral graphs and all that type of stuff. That is what Cocaine Willie is. So make sure you're listening to them on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. 
One final shout out to our sponsors, Manhattan Brewing Company. Again, on January 23rd, they're releasing the No Quit IPA. It's a beer they brewed for Brady Smith, who passed away uh, after his very long, heroic battle with cancer just three years ago. I knew him in college. A lot of you folks who were on Go Email would remember, remember him as Metalhead, one of the best humans I've ever met. Uh, proceeds from that beer go to a wrestling scholarship in his name. So when that drops on January 23rd, uh, I want the Boneheads to make a real effort to buy a couple four-packs at Manhattan Brewing Company, get a couple pints on tap, because it's going to a good cause for one of the greatest humans I had the pleasure of meeting and living next door to uh, my final year in college as well. Uh, And then, as always, getting the Manhattan Brewing Company. Uh, This was a lot of fun. I'm hoping we have uh, a couple big wins to talk about next week. Uh, We didn't even have time to talk about Daniel Green coming back, the football team's roster really coming into place. Uh, But here's the thing. Uh, If Jerome Tang is going to get wins like this, if the basketball team is going to get wins like this, as much as I love football, as much as the downloads love football, uh, you can't talk about anything about that except for Jerome Tang and this basketball team, uh, the way they're playing. So uh, shout out to them. Shout out to all of you. Uh, And that's all we have. So for all the boneheads, for King Marco, for Chauncey, the best dog in the world, we love you guys. And go cat. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on for Kansas State. The feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you wanna be. Network.